You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. This is the Broadway Boys Podcast through the Hockey Podcast Network, and we are back with Season 3, Episode 74. I'm sorry for that weird intro or start to the intro. I thought someone was knocking on the door in the middle of me saying that, but I uh, tried to keep my composure because I don't think anyone was knocking. And if they are, that's pretty scary. And uh, I, I think I have a ghost. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, the Stanley Cup final. We are currently in the middle. We're recording this in the middle of game six. Tampa Bay has a one nothing lead. They pretty much have uh, their third Stanley Cup on lock in a row. Uh, so uh, everything is going good. I'm going to lose all my bets. So it's uh, par for the course right now. So I have to ask Andy. Hopefully you're doing better than me. But how are you doing, my friend? I'm doing good. I'm just heartened to know that even if there was an intruder, that you were so committed to this podcast that you were going <laughs> to lay down the intro anyway. That's real commitment. That's all That's all you could ever want in a co-host to your podcast. So. I'm doing good. Man, what a sweltering day it was today. You and I were were, were soaking wet at some point today. We're sweating it out, but uh, I've come home. I've since had a nice shower, uh, and I am now drinking an Aperol Spritz. So oh, I'm, doing, I'm doing good, man. So And like you said, uh, Tampa really looks that they've... Uh, I think you and I have said this many times, is that the longer the series goes, that the more it, benef- it benefits the Tampa Bay Lightning and Colorado, who is a high octane team, just doesn't look like they have the same amount of jump. Um, and Tampa looks like they're just they're high on their own supply. Like they, when they're playing their best, everyone just knows what to do on that team, and they're doing it. Uh, obviously, listen, they win, they go back, they have to go back and win a game seven in Colorado. But so let's not get ahead of ourselves. There's very still a chance the Colorado Avalanche could hoist the Stanley Cup tonight, but. Uh, a promising start for them, and Vasilevsky looks good early, so we'll we'll see how that plays out. Yeah, just uh, you know, obviously, I got in a little bit to what I was betting for the series, and I threw some, I threw some money on uh, Colorado Avalanche in four, in five, and in six. So this is just perfect. If the Lightning win, you can just guarantee that Colorado you know, finishes the job in seven at home. Uh, you know, it's just one of those things where 
there wasn't a chance in the world Tampa Bay won until I got involved. So, you know, I really do think, you know, the city of Tampa does, you know, should pat me on the back and just say thank you. Maybe start a GoFundMe because, you know, game, betting games four, five, and six. Not not good. Not good, Andy. So, uh, yeah, you know, looking at the series right now, I mean, listen, Tampa Bay has won back-to-back cups. Colorado, I mean, say what you want. They're just clearly a better team, but you know how the NHL playoffs are. Like, the better team doesn't always win. And, you know, you, you kind of feel for Colorado if they end up choking and, and dropping, you know, a, a series after being up two games to zero. Uh, yeah, kind of. I kind of feel I feel that pain. I know what they uh, those fans are going through because we just did it. And, you know, you know, overall, listen, it's a coin flip when you get to the finals. And, you know, Tampa Bay wasn't going to roll over and play dead. They didn't roll over and play dead against the New York Rangers. Uh, You know, it, it just I don't know, Andy. It's just one of those series where everyone, I think, was expecting it to go one way. And then the fact that it goes the complete opposite way. Like, we really shouldn't be surprised because this is exactly what happens in the NHL playoffs. It's just you can't predict anything. So uh, here we are, Tampa with a one nothing lead. Uh, what are your, you know, what are your thoughts right now if you're a Colorado Avalanche fan? Are you feeling the same panic that we kind of felt? You know, I, I know I was worried after, you know, especially Tampa Bay clawed back into the series winning their two games uh, at home. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't think uh, if I'm a Colorado Avalanche fan, I don't think I'm going to panic until it's game seven and it's do or die. Um, again, Tampa is arguably the second best team in the league or they may be the first, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see at the end of this uh, series, we'll see who's the best, but you can argue they're one of the top two teams in the league. So beating them at home is very tough. Uh, but um, you know, uh, Colorado has done it before. So, you know, so, uh, I don't know if it's, you're definitely, I think you panic, like I said before, cause you kind of see the tide is clearly turned a bit here and you're watching some of the goals Kemper's letting in and you're watching that Vasilevsky is just, you know, is making real difficult saves and the ones that, uh, Kemper's letting in are just not the ones you, uh, you know, you want to let in, right? So, uh, so yeah, obviously goaltending is, is becoming more and more of a difference, especially as the Lightning get more into the series and warmed up, and and they've they've seemed to really have. I still think Colorado looks better offensively, although Tampa's had some strong pushes. Um, but it just looks it's everything's kind of to the outside, and it just kind of I think Tampa has finally found that sweet spot for what lanes to give the Avalanche. It's almost forcing them to say, all right, you you have so much speed and you want to use it. Well, you can use it, but I'm only going to let you use it here. And if Vasilevsky can see it and they can get a sticks on, you know, rebounds and second chances, it, it helps them break out and it bodes well for them, you know? So, um, well, I, I have a question for you. Yeah. Um, I think I found the culprit who was knocking on the door. There was a bug crawling across the floor. So I, I, I don't know if he some friends that he's inviting over but i just had to kill him so that that's why i sounded a little far away that was the reason uh if the if the colorado avalanche had georgie in that do you think they win the stanley cup uh 
I don't know. Because it's not like Kemper's. I don't want to say. It's like Kemper's not a. It is Darcy Kemper, right? Am I getting my yeah. goalies mixed up? Yeah. yeah. No, no, Kemper's no. not a bad goalie. It's just, I don't know. He's not a Vasilevsky level goalie. No, um, but this is also his first series back. So it's not like, you know, it, it, I don't know. I just feel like the Stanley Cup final is a tough series to kind of get back into the swing of things, you know? And, you know, I, 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 again, I didn't really pay too much attention to the Colorado Avalanche up until this point because either their series were done really quick or and they never were, you know, feeling pressure. And, you know, even when they were a little bit in the, in the St. Louis series, you know, they, they, you know, found a way to win and, and, you know, Bennington got hurt and just all that, you know, chaos happened. So I don't know. I just feel like, I don't know. Georgie has to go start somewhere and you, you kind of think about all the places that he can go to. And I don't know. I feel like, you know, he's not going to make a killing obviously given his, you know, repertoire and him just being, you know, the New York Rangers backup for the last couple seasons. seasons. Uh, you know, it just got me thinking. And uh, yeah, I feel like, you know, Georgie would be able to start for the Colorado Avalanche. I mean, especially, you know, I don't, I don't know what the deal with Kemper is after the season, but uh, yeah, I mean, they definitely need an upgrade in goaltending clearly uh, since it cost them the cup last year and, and potentially could cost them the cup this year. So yeah, uh, they're going to need a, they're going to need a starting goaltender and the Rangers are not going to be, you know, with Georgie, I would imagine he's going to be gone during the off season. So yeah, just, uh, you know, those thoughts going through my head, Andy. Um, you know, anything else with the with the Avs and Lightning? Uh, no, I don't think so. Again, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if either team won at this point. You know what I mean? Colorado's clearly good enough. Uh, difference in, in goal aside, they have enough firepower. But like I said, it just seems that every, how many series now has it been, you know, maybe other than the, against the Panthers where it's like, Everyone's like, oh, Tampa's done. They don't got it anymore. And then they they pull themselves off the mat. They're like, they take your first punch and they they see how much you can put on it. And then they go, okay. And then they kind of make their adjustments and then they they come back and win. So it happened to Toronto. It happened to the Rangers. And uh, it might very well happen to, uh, you know, the, the Avalanche. So it wouldn't surprise me. Um, I listen this whole time. I just want game seven Stanley Cup final because who doesn't want that? You know what I mean? Um, and even if I, there's a part of me that's like, I'm all right. Yeah. Maybe I, I think it's better for the, the sport to have Colorado win. Although maybe it's not, I don't know. Um, it's nice to change it up, I guess, but I, I, I don't know. I don't have much of a dog in the race. I just want to watch hockey. So I would, I, I think I would rather watch something's happening here. Your house is haunted, dude. I don't know what is going on tonight, but it is. You know, it, I literally was just sitting there. I wasn't even near the phone and it just fell off the thing. I don't know. Someone's messing with me tonight. I got bugs. I'm upstairs in an area where there should not be an insect. You know, I, I, I can understand the spider, but it was one of those really long ants. I don't even know where it's coming from, Andy. I have people knocking on the door. I got weird bugs that shouldn't be up here crawling around the floor. My phone just got blown off the table. I would not even... I didn't even know what it was. I forgot my phone was even over there. So, uh, yeah, I don't know what's going on here. Uh, so, yeah, uh, that's where I am right now. 
Uh, well, I have a question for you. If the Tampa Bay Lightning do come back, what does that make you feel? How does it make you feel, you know, given the fact that the Rangers lost to them, uh, you know, in the Eastern Conference final? I mean, I don't. It's not like, you know, I think there are some teams out there that can say they can take solace in the fact that, oh, you know, well, at least the team that beat us won the Stanley Cup. So they were it took a team that good to beat us. Uh, You know, it's funny because I think with the Rangers, I maintain that I think that the best teams in the league, there is not much that separates them. I mean, maybe from a skill perspective or. Uh, but all teams have weaknesses. And I just think Tampa is just happens to be very, you know, I, I would, I would almost think that Tampa might be the most balanced team in the league in that they don't really have a lot of weaknesses, but they're, they're not, I don't think they're the best in any one category there. I think there's teams that defend better than Tampa. I think there's teams, uh, that have better goaltender than Tampa cough, cough, New York Rangers. I think there's teams that ha- are better offensively than Tampa Bay lightning, such as the Colorado avalanche. But that being, you know, you know what my weird hot take is? What's, what's that? I think if Tampa had played the St. Louis Blues in the first round, uh, St. Louis would have won. I know, obviously, they're in different conferences. It doesn't work like that. But let's just say they had to play each other. I think St. Louis would have won. I think styles make fights sometimes. And I just think, for whatever reason, Tampa is better equipped to at pl- slowing down a team. But I think playing a team that's kind of similar to them but just a little bit tougher in st louis i don't think they would have won but that's that's just kind of my you know we'll never know unfortunately but uh yeah i don't know that's just kind of how i how i feel no i i I kind of agree with you you know it's so i don't know why the blues were one of those teams where uh you know obviously i I didn't pick them to win the first round i I really thought this was going to be minnesota's year to kind of break out boy was i wrong and and, you know, the more I watched, and, and that was such a fun series to watch, the more I watched that series, I mean, the Blues were built to win a, another Stanley Cup. Like, there's no doubt about it. I, I, they, you know, ran into a huge speed bump, and they just weren't able to overcome with, the, you know, the, against the Colorado Avalanche. But, I mean, as of right now, I mean, if Colorado ends up sealing the deal tonight, you know, it's, it's kind of... You know, it'd be kind of difficult to say that, you know, even Tampa gave, you know, or St. Louis gave, you know, the Stanley Cup champions their their toughest series. And, you know, I don't I don't know. I just I, I'm not. Again, it's one of those things where you're not surprised. But prior to the playoffs starting, you know, I, I definitely thought, you know, the Blues certainly weren't going to be as good as, you know, they they played in that, especially up to that point. I mean, they handled. Minnesota fairly, you know, that was a wild series, but they still won and they, you know, won convincingly in my, my thought process. Uh, and then, you know, they go on and unfortunately, you know, with Bennington getting hurt, they fall to this, you know, the team that's potentially going to win the Stanley Cup. So, yeah, uh, definitely interesting hot take. And I definitely agree with you. Uh, I would definitely say if you're a St. Louis Blues fan, I mean, you're a few pieces away from actually being really competitive to win a Stanley Cup, even though I wrote you off in my own head. So, um, yeah, I don't really have anything else for the Stanley Cup. It, it'll be interesting here to see how the second period goes, if, the, you know, the Colorado Avalanche are able to get back into it on the road and and, and possibly finish off. Uh, yeah. If it goes into overtime, it seems like Colorado's going to win because, I don't know, for some reason they just know how to 
Not cheap get it done over time. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah. I, I will say this, James, or I'll ask this. If if a game seven is needed, do these teams get an, only one night off or do they get two nights? Uh, well, game seven will be... Uh, is it not giving? Oh, June twenty eighth. So they got one night off, and then they go play on on in two days. So, Man. yeah. I well, they already just, had the two day the day off. I they, I kind of yeah. I'm all about letting them rip every other day. Like that's it's how been it awesome from that perspective. I feel like this this uh, but obviously it makes the battle of attrition that much harder. Whereas in the past, I feel like there's been a little bit more two day waits. You know. Well. I mean, it's interesting because I definitely see it's two day, like two ways, two days being the norm this playoff series or all playoffs. But number one, you can have a mind of a goldfish, right? If you have a stinker of a game, you play, you know, you only have a day off to kind of like get over it and then you're already back on the ice again. And, you know, it's one of those things, too, if you're playing really good hockey and you get into a rhythm, then you know, you're going to be chugging along playing every other night and you get into a nice groove. Uh, do you know when the, when did they have the two days off? I'm just curious if that was, uh, it was, it was a between games two and three. Colorado just, just scored. It's one, one. So, oh, do we, who um, scored? It was an discussion again. Uh, hold on one second. Uh, because if it's between games two and three, that's pretty interesting. Because Colorado's in a groove, you know, giving Tampa that extra day off Nathan probably McKinnon. was huge. McKinnon? Yep. Pretty good. All right. Well, yeah, no, you know, just to kind of finish up my thought. Yeah, if you, you know, if you're definitely down 0-2, it's one of those things where you want that extra day off, calm things down, slow down that rhythm of the Colorado Avalanche and get back into the series. Uh, and which, you know, they did. They came out and they won game three and uh, unfortunately lost game four to go down 3-1, but they then bounced back and were able to steal a game on the road uh, to bring it back home. So, uh, or, yeah, they would bring, yeah, bring it back home, which they won. So uh, now, yeah, they're back at, yeah, back at Tampa. So, yeah, I'm all over the place right now. All right, uh, let's get into the New York Rangers, Andy. Because uh, we didn't get a chance to discuss, uh, I think it's only right that we start with Igor Shosturkin and you know him winning the Vesna. Just an incredible season. You know, obviously we don't need to get into specific stats, but we all know what you know he brought to the New York Rangers this season. He carried us to the promised land. He was a stud in the playoffs. You know, a couple rough games that really you can't blame him for any particular thing. The, the Rangers would not have gotten to where they were in the regular season or the playoffs if it wasn't for him. You know, the first question I have to ask you, and, and I've been pondering this all the time, is like for him to come in and step in in Hank's you know, basically taking over the reins for Hank, you know, you got to hand it to him. And, you know, mentally for a goalie to step in, that's got to be tough, no? Um, I mean, yeah, considering it's your idol, too. And you, you, have, your, you have to balance your own uh, aspirations and dreams and the, the, the legacy that Henrik Lundqvist laid before you and try to live up to that, which is tough for any goaltender, you know what I mean? Um, 
you know, all, but that being said, all Igor has ever done is win at every level he's played at the KHL, obviously internationally for Russia, the, the AHL and now in the NHL, he just wins more than he loses. But you know, this is obviously the toughest, the highest level hockey in the world. So, and he's, you know, you, you can't do it all yourself. You just obviously, if the Rangers, hopefully in the coming years here, they can maybe insulate him a little bit better because he faced the most or had the heaviest workload of any goaltender in this, uh, in the, the Stanley Cup uh, playoffs. And, you know, his results have been in, out incredible, obviously, despite that. But he, it shouldn't have to be that. Yet he still has been excellent. So well-deserved Vesna for him. Uh, I'm sure he'll win it again in his career. But there's listen, there's a lot of good goaltenders in the league right now. I wouldn't be surprised if his, his buddy uh, Sorokin for the Islanders wins one because he was also very good this year. Maybe not as good as Shesterkin, but he was still very good. Um, and yeah, I mean, who knows? Maybe Carter Hart finally pops. Maybe Spencer Knight finally figures it out. You know, there's some good goaltenders in the league. Vasilevsky is still very good. Um, hell, even a guy like Connor Hellebuck, even though he's getting older, is still a very good goaltender. So, um, yeah, but look, he clearly deserved it. He was just the first in every conceivable metric. He had one of the best goaltender uh, seasons by a goaltender. I don't know. Yeah since Dominic Hasek, right? Especially in a year where scoring was up so much. The fact that he was so good. And literally, I think he was, he struggled during the regular season for uh, maybe a week and a half. <laughs> and that was it, you know? Uh, yeah, he he's was clearly the Rangers' biggest, uh, the biggest contributor to the Rangers' success this year. So it was, it was well-deserved. He should have won the heart. I, and I stand by that, but, you know, you can call me a homer or whatever, but he should have. So, but that's fine. He got, he got the Vesna. Him and his wife are expecting a baby. Great gear for Igor Shesterkin, that's for sure. Yeah, I, I agree with you with the heart, but you kind of knew what the NHL was going to do with that. I mean, it's it's not every year you get a sixty goal scorer, and you know, it, you know, Matthews. No, if it went to one person, I'm glad it went to Matthews. I think. Yeah, yeah. I mean, at that point, I it's a toss up because the problem is like you can do this with everything. It's like if you remove that player out of the equation, you know, what team is better off? And it's like, well. Yeah, obviously Toronto is better off, but again, you're you're also taking away sixty goals. Like, yeah, like, it's a lot. Yeah, it's insane. It's a tough, a tough argument, and you know they they did it. They, you know, say what you want about the NHL, but they gave it to a a kid who certainly deserves it and is more of the face of the NHL. You know, so uh, I have another question for you. Were you as a Rangers fan? Were you more impressed with? And don't take individual stats because I feel like they're, it, it, they're, you can't really compare the two. But were you more impressed with Hank's Vesna or Igor's Vesna? Uh, well, I'm trying to put myself back in that time. Uh, I think I'd, maybe it was, it's weird because I feel like on paper, this version, this year's New York Rangers were clearly a better team offensively than the, what was that? The, the 11, 12 New York Rangers, right? Right. Um, was it he, cause he wanted to, was it 2011 or 2012? He won the Vez. It was 2012, right? It was, well, see now, now it's confusing. Does the, the, the trophy go to the second year? 
hold on. I'll just look it up because this is I know this is bad, but you know how they do a year backwards? Like the Super Bowl champions are, are a year back. Like is this the twenty So Igor won in twenty twenty two, the Vesna? Uh I know yes. it's technically T Igor wins myself. in twenty uh twenty two. All right, I'm looking it up right now because this is gonna this gonna this gonna bother you. Yeah. Well, I guess just, I could just be not be lazy and go to. Uh, no, I'm doing. I got it right here. Um, he won in 2012, right? Yeah, so I was right. So I mean, so that was the year the ring. They made, named Callahan captain, right? Because they they bought out Chris Drury. Um, they. Oh, man, it's so funny. It's it, if if you, it was literally a decade ago, which it just, but it also kind of I remember. It feels like it was just yesterday, but it was literally a decade ago, which is kind of blowing my mind right now thinking about this. But I mean, outside of Marion, like Marion Gabrick, I don't. That team didn't really have much. I mean, as much as as much of a soft spot, I think they. But here's the thing: I did. I do think they. That was the year because of him. I think they were first in their in I think they were first in their division, right? Well, cuz they I'm, were still they were technically still in the Atlantic then, right? They were, um, yeah, they were still in the Atlantic and And I think they went they were first in the East and that was mostly cuz of Lundqvist, but at the same time it was like they were very they were good defensively uh under Torts, but like they clearly weren't I don't know. I, I, none of those at no point during Henrik Lundqvist's tenure here, maybe save the year, the first year, the first two years under Vino, did I ever feel that the Rangers were far and away the best team in the league. Even during the, all the black and blue shirts tenure, I always felt like some of these other teams are just so much, so superior offensively. That even if they blocked all the shots and like could squeeze out these like tight, narrow, like, you know, two to one wins all the time, you know, so but I don't know. I, and I know they I definitely remember. He was out of his mind and they gave up a lot. So it's kind of hard to say which one's more because I Igor had a heavy workload this year, too. But I do think the Rangers kind of got better down the stretch. Um. But I just, I just think the Rangers, for as good as they maybe thought they were defensively during that time, I think if you look into the numbers, they were probably pretty bad defensively. Just because they were, I know for a fact they didn't do any. They were like, we have Henrik Lundqvist, so we'll just, we'll literally collapse and try to block every shot, you know? Yeah, and I don't know. It's what it, that year. I mean, I've it, like you said, it was a, a decade ago, but that year in particular, I do feel like. That was like peak for me of the Rangers don't have the offense to win a Stanley Cup, and then Hank literally just carrying. So like I, yeah. I, that, and that was like the most frustrating part of being a New York Rangers fan is because you know you do you you watch this team and it was like oh man we need a goal scorer and that you know we have Richards and Gabrick they were supposed to be the saviors but I don't know I just felt like we they just. I never was confident in any guys that the New York Rangers ever brought in during yeah. that era. And it was well, just I mean, like Gabby was awesome. It's just, they literally never gave him anyone else to play with. Yeah. Gabby was, awesome. he got to play with, he got to play with Nash for one year. And that was it. Yeah. Gabrick was, I mean, don't, yeah. I mean, Gabrick was a great New York Ranger, but 
I just never felt like Gabrick was going to be that guy to put us over the top. And, you know, it, say what you want about those guys and, and their careers, obviously. But, you know, when the Rangers brought in Panarin and he's had the success he's had, I know that we're going like completely off topic here, but, you know, just comparing the two seasons, you know, I have so much more confidence in a Panarin Mika combo than I would, oh God. I guess it was probably Gabrick and Richards top two in the in points that that year. Like then those two guys. Like think of how much better we are. Like no way was Richards a top center in the National Hockey League for the New York Rangers, but Mika is. And you know yeah. we all know uh, you know Panarin's obviously one of the best players in the NHL right now. And you know as for as good as Gabrick was, I don't know. I just never saw him as like a top five player in the NHL. So, um, you know, he was very good and very consistent. But I, I don't know. I just for as good as he was, I just never thought that he was that guy. If that makes any sense whatsoever. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I again, I, I get that, but I, I just, I do think that maybe his tenure would be seen a little bit different if the Rangers literally had someone else for for Gabrick to play with so I don't know no but well, it, I mean he would have yeah but you could have said that with a lot of players that the Rangers brought yeah up. but I, I but even he still I think he still put up a 70 point season there's 76 points maybe something like that like with literally I think the next nearest Brad Richards had maybe 50 points right in his yeah best. yeah I have I actually what a you know that's right a disappointment I'm not you know it's, it's it's again just thinking about how the, those Rangers teams was just like it was just mind boggling that those were the teams they were so confident win with. But you know, but hey, I mean, listen, I think it goes to show you too that, um, especially this version of the Rangers now, I think we're kind of slowly starting to realize that there are eighty two game players and then there are sixteen game players. You obviously need the eighty two game players to get you to the postseason, but Sometimes once you get there, you know, uh, I mean, look at Pat Maroon, man. He's he's a 16 game player. He doesn't help you much in the other 82. But once you get he, he's worth the price of admission once you get get to the postseason. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think to answer your question, it's hard to say. Uh, but I think maybe Hanks was. Uh, uh, Igor's, I think, was higher in terms of what he did this year relative to everyone else. And just, just the fact that, you know, just with scoring being up and the fact that his save percentage and his GAA was what it was, but Lundqvist was also very impressive because that team was not good. So I, I agree with you. And I believe did they go to the Eastern conference final that year. They did. Uh, Did they? Yes, they they did. did. Lost in round three right here. I got it right here. Yep. Lost in round three. Oh, Ouch! Yeah. So, hey, hey is that a lot of similar similarities? Oh yeah. Uh, well, yeah, I agree with you though. Um, I definitely think what Hank was able to do, and I know, like, it's 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 tough to make these comparisons between the two goalies because we have the benefit of looking at Hank's entire career. I just feel like yes, Hank had much worse teams than Igor did. Uh, but I feel like though, this is the same success like that Hank would have if he had a team in front of him. Like, I do think this is almost like the hockey gods allowing the Rangers 
like, although they can't go back in time and give us a team, what we can do is give you a goalie that is super comparable, but yet now we have a better team in front of us and a GM that kind of has the, I feel like he's got my confidence in building a team that could win a Stanley cup. So um, it's, it's almost like, it's almost like we get a new chance at this and, you know, you know, although it's not Hank, it's just Igor Shesterkin in that. So it'll be very interesting to see how Igor's career lines up, you know, alongside uh, Henrik Lundqvist. Yeah, I mean, listen, I the morbid part of me says we're one year out from the Rangers not going as far as they went this year. And then there being like all those questions like, can the Rangers win with Panera? Is Chris Kreider over? Like, whatever, like all that shit that comes with it, you know, so. Right. Uh, we'll see. It's tough. It's a tough league to be successful. And if you look at all, a lot of these teams, they take steps forward, then they take steps back, then they take two steps forward, then they might take uh, four steps back, but then they might take the ultimate step forward, you know, so it's tough. Hockey fans, the pursuit for the Stanley Cup is on. And DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has an unbelievable offer for the most exciting playoffs in all of sports. New customers can bet $5 on any team to win and get $100 in free bets no matter what, win or lose. Looking to turn a small bet into a big payday during the playoffs? With DraftKings Same Game Parlays, you can do just that. Create your own parlay by combining multiple bets, like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more. It's your shot at an even bigger payout. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. And best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code THPN, bet $5 on any NHL team to win, and get $100 in free bets no matter what. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the show notes for details. I got a, well, I got a question for you, Andy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris Jury's comments, I don't know exactly if they're true or not, but his frustration with, you know, Artemi Panarin, obviously I think you and I both agree that if those, if that's actually how he really feels, it's pretty justified. But if you look at his stats for Panarin over the playoffs, like considering that he was hurt, I don't know. They don't seem like that bad. So, you know, I kind of go back and forth. But what are your thoughts about, and for those who you don't, don't know, I guess Chris Drury was a little bit, um, uh, you know, annoyed about uh, Panarin's performance in the playoffs. So, um, yeah, what are your thoughts on that? It's tough because he, he had, what, 16 points in 20 games, which is yes. very good. But uh, that being said, yeah, I mean, he clearly was, looked like he was hurt. Or something was going on, you know. And he had, he, I think he had, you know, he had, it's not like he, he had all bad games. I thought he did have some good games. And it hurts when literally his two line mates were also banged up to all hell. That whole entire line was hurt. So the fact that they, they looked really good, or they looked like the Rangers' best line early on in the Pittsburgh series and then got hurt and then they all slowly got worse. Uh, yeah, it's not surprising to me. So, you know, I guess it's hard to judge him. I think if we, because I, I, you know, correct me if I'm wrong. I think he also, even though he looked, the whole Rangers looked bad in the bubble against Carolina when they lost, 
he still had the most points of any player on the team. So granted it was what three, three or four games or whatever, but uh, yeah, that's the thing. Panarin, you're like, he played like shit. And you're like, well, how many points did he have? I was like, oh, well, he had three points tonight. <laughs> yeah. But he would play like shit. You know what I mean? So it's, it's, yeah, I don't know. It's tough. It's clearly, uh, like, and I don't think, I don't think there's a big rift or I don't think he was going around sewering his own player. I'm sure when they were talking, they could have probably said, yeah, we didn't get enough out of bread. Or they might say, Hing, it's kind of troubling that, you know, we pay, we pay, we pay him all this money and he just couldn't, he could, he's not the guy coming up in the big moment, but I don't know, man. I, I, well, I think it's a weird I, year. He's had, since he's been so good since he's, he's been a ranger and this was his off year and he still was put up an insane amount of points. So yeah, you can be upset, but I think you have to take it relative. It's not like, I don't think it's, I, I, I think he's, his play as a ranger so far has earned him the right to be like, you know what? He wasn't good, but we have to, I, we will reserve judgment until see if it's a one-time thing or if he returns strong. Yeah. Listen, I, I, I give him a pass here. Uh, I do. And as frustrating as it was to not see, you know, Panarin dominate like he did in a regular season. Uh, yeah, the points were there. A lot of it was power play points. But, you know, overall, like, I don't know. He went into the playoffs hurt. Cop was, went into the playoffs hurt. Strom stinks. And he still was able to put up points on the power play. Now, listen, did he have his best, uh, how many games the Rangers play? Basically, uh, 20 games. So. You know, out of the 20 games that the New York Rangers played, it was his best six, uh, 20 games. No, not even close. But I will say that, you know, the New York Rangers as a whole, you know, they were playing hurt, you know, and you know better than I do that I'm trying to formulate this so it makes sense. But the New York Rangers don't rely on five on five on one player. They need a five man, you know, unit out there. And when you have players like, you know, we even said like Fox kind of looked off in the playoffs. You know, uh, Lindgren was obviously hurt. Uh, you know, our second line obviously hurt. You know, I'd be more concerned with a player like Chris Kreider than I would be with an Artemi Panarin because Kreider really had no excuse and he disappeared far more than, you know, Panarin did. You know, he, he did not, you know, Kreider, you know, he had a couple games where he scored, you know, had a big breakaway goal, but. Overall, I feel like I, I expected more from Kreider in the postseason than I did, uh, you know, expect from Panarin, especially because Panarin was hurt and the line mates that he was playing with. So uh, I don't know. It, it just it's one of those things where I, I doubt Chris Drury. I think you're right. I doubt Chris Drury said, you know, fucking bullshit how, you know, Panarin played this offseason. He's probably just like, listen, I wish, you know, we got more out of Panarin, uh, you know, if he was a little bit better five on five then you know maybe we win a couple series earlier and we're a little bit more competitive against uh you know tampa bay with a few more off days so you know who knows you know it's tough it's the nhl playoffs you made it to the eastern conference final and you lost in six games if you told me that before the season i don't know if you if i'd be like you know pissed off about that so it's all god I, as frustrating as it's been you know this playoff run because you the rangers were right there 
I don't know if you really could point to Artemi Panarin and say, well, you know, we would have been better if he had been better. Because it's like, yeah, of course. But look at all the circumstances that we had to deal with and what he had to deal with. So, uh, yeah. You know, how about we get him a legit number two center and, uh, you know, a little bit better on, on the right side. And then, you know, then let's talk and start judging Artemi Panarin. And it's yeah, 2-1 I- Colorado. Oh, who's who was it? Uh, I don't know who scored. I don't know. Very Actually, accurate for us to be like, yeah, you know, they're going to bring it back and they're looking good. And then to literally be like, oh, nope. What we put the mush on them. That's that. That sounds like that sounds about right. I literally had Georgie playing next year on the Colorado Avalanche because <laughs> they blew their two zero series lead and three one series lead to the Tampa Bay Lightning. So and I'm the king of overreaction. So. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Uh, we just talked about Panarin, so I'm like so scatterbrained because now I just pulled up the game. So, what what are your thoughts, Andy? You could be sorry, on that one more time. You bro- I couldn't hear you there for a oh, second. Oh, sorry. No, not, nothing. We're just talking about Panarin. But do you have anything else with the Rangers? No, not really. I mean, unfortunately, it's been kind of slow news wise for the Rangers right now. Uh. Yeah, I, I'm. I remain very curious to see what happens with with the draft. Um, I do. It'll be interesting to see if there's any movement from Chris Drury there. Again, I think their player, young player acquisition, at least through the draft, is out the window for them. <laughs> you know, considering how far they went, uh, I think any player they go for will be a player that helps them quicker and more immediately you know what i mean at this point so yeah but you know hey who knows maybe we might be surprised it's like oh what chris Drury traded you know a couple you know traded uh well a it'll be interesting because i believe winnipeg gets their choice of which second round pick they want right they can either choose um for this this draft or the next one and next year is supposed to be a much deeper draft so we'll see so maybe the rangers will have a second round pick and maybe a guy for falls out of the first round so i don't know yeah you know i i don't know i i feel like the draft is kind of bluff for the new york rangers and and you know obviously i know you're a nick fan and uh, nick fans are certainly not happy with what they did you know it's it's kind of weird being in the rangers situation because you know the rangers you know I feel like they're beyond the draft and obviously it's always important to be adding, you know, depth within, you know, the youth of the organization and, you know, adding guys, you know, in the first and second round would be huge right now. But I feel like, you know, adding cop and Vetrano and all, all these types of players, you know, they are going to cost draft capital. And, and fortunately for the Rangers, we had, you know, plenty of youth in, you know, developing, in the AHL and, and, and in junior hockey that, you know, right now is almost time to, you know, enjoy the product that we have of the New York Rangers and not really worry about, you know, who's going to, you know, who, who are we going to draft where and stuff like that. It's, it's you know, it, it's kind of nice being in a situation where it's, you know, we're not part of a lotto to see who the first overall pick is and stuff like that. So um, I know the draft is, more up your alley and we'll get into it as we get closer but you know know, for me andy it's it's more about you know what is jury gonna do uh 
with some of the younger players in our organizations, like the Offmans and, you know, just a, a Nils Lundqvist. Like the, these are the players that are either going to be packaged up and part of a trade or they're going to be part of our future. So um, even though the draft might not be as, uh, you know, relative to us this year as the past years, but, you know, here we are you know, with a lot of holes to fill and, and, you know, there's gotta be players that filled that void. So it's going to be very interesting. The Rangers off season. Um, yeah. So I know you're going to be all about it and, and, uh, and the draft and we'll definitely cover it. So, uh, Andy, my, my last question to you, uh, before we go, and I know I brought kind of brought this up today, but I'm going to bring it up on the podcast and maybe every podcast until we know what the, definite future is for Capo Caco, but is he going to get offer sheeted? I don't think so. I, you know, I especially considering now, as of right now, the, the Kotka Niemi offer sheets looking not so great, uh, <laughs> for, true, true. for the, the hurricanes. Um, and you can maybe argue that Kako has even more as much as Ranger fans we we say, listen, we see the the flashes and the brilliance. He doesn't even have the the body work that Kakaniemi had when he was offer sheeted, right? So yeah. Um I think he's safe. <laughs> but you know, hey man, you never know. But at the same time, I also think where Chris Jury, I think, is a little bit more old school than Jeff Gordon is. And it'd be one thing to to offer sheet Jeff Gordon. And he'd be like, well, that really stinks, but uh, we got to worry about ourselves here and just move forward. I think Chris Jury, like much like a Lou Lamorello, would be like, you just declared war on me and I'm going <laughs> to make your life miserable. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, listen, have you like they they, they might have a lot on Chris Jury, but they sure as shit have not uh, won the Little League World Series. So they'd be in for a world of hurt if they did that to him. Um but I don't know. I I, <laughs> I I don't know. I think I don't think Kako gets offer sheeted. I just think it's too much of a gamble for other teams. A lot of people are saying it's a gamble for the Rangers to give him more money than he's worth, or you know, you, obviously you you kind of almost have to bridge him because it's like if I said to you, James, should we just roll the dice and lock up Kako Kako for five? You know, for you know, even if you say I'll give you five. Point five million for the next eight years. Are you comfortable with that? Would you gamble uh, on that? I wouldn't um, be. And I yeah, love Capo no, Caco. He just hasn't. I just haven't. It hasn't been there. Like as much as the flashes have been there, it just isn't at, at, at this moment in time. At this moment in time, not, no, it's not enough. In this moment of time, no. But I'd be more prone to if the money was right. I and this is like almost like yeah captain obvious but like if the money was right I wouldn't mind locking him up for eight years <laughs> or I really like yeah I, I mean I, because yeah. I am not I am not totally down on him at all like no at all. me neither I, I think but that being said I don't know if I've seen enough just to say you know what this is a gamble type to make that gamble because it could be bad you know it's tough I want to be the type. I want to be confident in making that decision. But if you, you know, am I really? I don't. I don't know, man. So, yeah, it's gonna. Well, these are again, and we'll get into it throughout the whole off season. But these are the like 
these are the questions that the Rangers like are going to have to face this offseason. Like there, there's going to be scenarios in which the Rangers are going to have as awkward as, as it is, you know, guys like Truba, like we got to talk about possibly getting rid of you because we got to make room for the youth. And, and, you know, Keandre Miller is going to have a new contract and with the way he's playing, he's not going to be cheap. And, you know, if, if Kako and Lafreniere have seasons, you know, uh, like they did in the playoffs, you know, we're going to be talking a little bit more than we probably thought, you know, the silver lining of those guys getting off to a slow start in their careers was that, Hey, they're going to be cheap, but you know, if they, you know, you know, perform like they did in the playoffs all regular season and, and, you know, start putting the pucks in the net, it's going to be an expensive, you know, next couple of years. So yeah, it, it's going to be very interesting how the, you know, the, you know, chips fall and, and, I don't know. I, I, for me right now, I'd be because I'm. Look at me. Like the season's over, and now my optimism is uh, shining through. I, I'm more confident in signing Kako to a long-term deal than I would be signing him to a really short, like two-year bridge deal because I think that could end up biting me in the ass. But if yeah. you told me if we signed him for four or five years at a decent price, I, I'd be. Yeah, very comfortable in doing that. Yeah, no, I I agree. And listen, uh, obviously, there's been so much made about the second line center um, discussion that's happening amongst Rangers fans, and I'm sure amongst Chris Drury and and the front office. Do you let Strom walk? I think yes. Do you resign Andrew Kopp? That's a tough one. I don't know. Uh, Do you let them both walk and then try your... Are you are you comfortable taking swing, letting those two walk and taking your swings elsewhere? Because if it doesn't pan out, are you then comfortable with saying, well, now we're going to Philip Heedle is our second line center. And as good as he looked in the po- in the postseason for a bit there, are, do you think he's really taken that step? You know what I mean? So, I don't, yeah, there's a lot of questions. I mean, are it's one of those things where obviously that answer would help a lot of the Rangers financial issues they find themselves facing. You know what I mean? Uh, but yeah, there's safer options out there, but safe costs cost you, you know what I mean? You know, the safe op- option, the safer option is the, is the more expensive option. So, you know, do you risk more? Do you risk taking a step backwards in the sake of that? It could a give you more financial flexibility going into the season. Uh, are you confident you can make be in a strong position to make the playoffs come the trade deadline when maybe some players, more players are available that could fit those needs? You know what I mean? But yeah, these are tough decisions that I'm glad I don't have to answer because I don't really know the answer. Yeah, I mean, well, I'll say this, Andy, and obviously we don't have a crystal ball and we're not going to be able to see exactly what Drury does. But if I'm Chris Drury and I am not going to sit around and wait for a second line center to to come my way and fall into my lap. You have an $11 million winger who potentially is a hundred plus point goals, you know, point scorer. Get him, a, you know, I'm going to curse here, Andy, so pardon my French, but get him a fucking center. Like it, it, enough's enough. Like we, we, we rode out Strom. It's done. It's over. Let's get him a legit number two center. It should be 1A and 1B. I don't care what it costs, but you, he needs a number two center. Do you not feel that Andrew Kopp 
is that or has been that or I to be honest with you I I think cop is a little too slow if you put then a speedster winger on the right hand side I don't know who who that would be and like like it's certainly not going to be Kako. Uh, you know, you know, Frankie Vitrano wasn't that fast. So it's not like if you re-sign him, you, you can plug him in there. Uh, I, I don't know who the Rangers right winger would be with them because I do think you really need to add an element of speed, you know? Uh, you know, I would like a faster center than cop. And I just don't think that you're going to get it. I mean, again, it's all about like money, you know, Frank Vitrano, you know, that guy almost looks like he's ready to sign a, you know, a, you know, a $20,000 contract to come here, you know, the way, way he was, you know, talking at the end of the season. So I, I don't know. It, again, I don't know. I don't know. I don't want cop. If that's what, <laughs> if I'm being honest, I don't want cop to be the guy. I, I just, I don't trust him. He's injury prone. He's not fast. And if he's injured, he's even slower than he already is. Uh, yeah, he had a great end to the season with the New York Rangers, but you kind of saw, you know, what happens to him when, you know, he's up against a little adversity with, you know, being injured and not having, you know, two fully healthy guys next to him to kind of do all the work. So, yeah, I just, I don't, right now, I don't have confidence in Cop. So I don't want him to be the guy. Yeah. Well, it'll be interesting anyway if we hear any rumors about, uh, players the Rangers might be in on not much is being offered right now they seem to be in the phase where the coaches are finding new homes uh we know that John Tortorella is now the head coach of the Philadelphia Flyers we know that David Quinn has made it to the the third the the deepest round of any coach in interviews with the Boston Bruins uh he's very heavily favored to be the next coach there interesting uh, we know that Barry Trotz has interviewed in a few places, but ultimately he turned, including Winnipeg, and then ultimately turned them down and says he's not ready to return to coaching at this time. Interesting. Despite buying a house in Nashville, apparently, but that's not, he's not liked anywhere. We know that Andrew Burnett, after winning the President's Trophy with the Florida Panthers, is out. Uh, and uh, uh, not DeBoer. Um, is it DeBoer? Or is it, uh, where is Pete DeBoer? Is he, is that where he went to Florida? I think uh, he went to Florida. Yes. Pete DeBoer is in Florida. Uh, and who I'm missing one who, yeah, well, Dallas just got, um, oh and God, I spoke about this last podcast. Uh, I don't know. Wait, did DeBoer go to Dallas? This is, so, I'm, that's what this is. It's been a lot of movement for the last, I know, right? It's, it's, uh, Pete. DeBoer is the Dallas. Yes, Pete DeBoer went to Dallas. Dallas, yeah. Uh, and then the Florida Panthers. Um, oh, we also know that uh, the Chicago Blackhawks just tapped what's his face from the Montreal Canadiens. Oh it's been a lot of head coaches. Oh uh, the, Paul, Paul, excuse Paul, me, Paul, Paul Maurice. Maurice Jesus. Is, uh, you know, so we know Paul Maurice from Winnipeg is now the uh, head coach of the Florida Panthers. That's a lot of movement, right? <laughs> in, in, you know, it's, I think it's showing that more and more that whether it be player personalities or super teams, that I think the NHL is kind of finally moving away from the whole, it's a results business, you know what I mean? And there's something to be said about you got to make sure you're patient 
but but and I say that knowing that uh, literally Paul Maurice was with Winnipeg for how how fucking long, right? But meanwhile, Pete DeBoer, you know, Pete DeBoer wasn't necessarily even bad in his last two stints. You know, maybe you could argue it was time for a change with uh, the Sharks, but with Vegas, I mean, you know, I don't know. So I could be wrong about Pete DeBoer, but I feel like he's got a lot of coffee stains on his shirt and stuff like that. (laughs) It it, that he just kind of seems like a little bit of a mess. I I like the guy personally. Like I, I, you know, I saw him here when he was with the Devils, and you know, obviously with Vegas, and I, I don't know. I just feel like there's a lot of good things. He does a lot of good things. And I, and I kind of, I, you know, I don't know. I just feel like, you know, with the sharks and I just feel like he always kind of just falls short and him just being a coffee stain on a shirt type of guy. (laughs) I just feel like he's not going to get the job done in Dallas. Uh, Maurice with the Panthers. I mean, talk about maybe the easiest, I mean, that's the best team that any coach will ever probably walk into. And, and you know, because not many teams lose their coach after, you know, the season that they've had. Uh, for him to get that is is pretty unbelievable. Uh, and he deserves it after this tenure in, in Winnipeg. And, you know, talk about a guy that I feel like gets it. You know, he kind of knew his time in Winnipeg was just over. It was just getting stale. And it wasn't anything I think the team did or he did. I just think it just ran its course. And he was just like, listen, we're really not going to go anywhere. I'm not doing these guys any favors. He was probably losing a little bit of interest. And now he gets a fresh start in Florida. Uh, Last year, I went in thinking Florida is going to stink. Obviously, we don't know what their roster is going to fully look like yet. But I think with a, a fresh coach there and you know him getting his fresh start there i think you know florida panthers that that could be the biggest move they make there in the offseason forget about what their roster looks like getting a coach like him in there i think is gonna it's gonna be a really good thing for them a real positive so um and he certainly is not going to tolerate a second round sweep uh from the tampa bay lightning so anything else andy Nope. Uh, again. Oh, uh, one more thing. I'm sorry. I couldn't be here uh, last week. My my computer finally destroyed itself. It was a 2017 MacBook Pro that uh, had a lot of hard miles on it. Uh, I use it for a lot of audio production stuff, not just as podcast. And it it was always running above its capabilities. It does didn't have a lot of RAM. It didn't have a lot of memory. It had too, probably too many. I didn't clean it up you know it's it's clean it's a hard drive as much as i should and had a lot of a lot of things running on it a lot and it finally said i was you know i was using it during band practice for various things and it it finally just said enough of this and it literally uh i smelled something funny and it just yeah it, it shit the bed so uh that sucks and then having to buy a new one kind of sucks but i this time i said you know what uh it's uh make sure that this doesn't happen again make a little investment in uh, the podcast and myself and i got a uh, almost brand spanking new macbook pro with plenty of memory and plenty of uh hard drive space and you know so this thing is a is an absolute and it's got that new mac uh m1 um, pro chip or whatever it's called and it's damn it's it it's uh it's like a 
it's fast and it works awesome. So, uh, yeah. So again, sorry I missed last week, but, uh, yeah. So now I have this, this new, this new bad boy, uh, for my, our podcasting related, uh, recording stuff. So that's good. And, uh, got some fun stuff worked up. So we should hopefully be, you should all be hearing very soon. So I'm going to leave it cryptic like that. Uh, yeah, but, uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens as this game that's currently on and, uh, who knows? Maybe we'll know who the, the the new Stanley Cup champion is by the time our next podcast drops. Or actually, we definitely will, because if, if there's a Game 7, it would be uh, on Tuesday. So we'll definitely know. So, uh, yeah, we'll see you all next week, where we're probably just ta- recapping the uh, Cup Final and just giving our final thoughts on the season that was the 2021-2022 NHL season. Um, so everyone, stay safe, stay cool. Uh, yeah, drink plenty of water. So we'll see you all next time. Thank you for listening to the Broadway Boys podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Broadway Boys Pod. And please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, or the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at the hockey podcast or wherever you get your podcasts from. <laughs>